Hey friends, Austin Davis is the guest as you see, and the topic is how does our faith connect to our daily work? Uh, whatever that work may be, we want to be thinking about how to glorify God and be faithful in the work that God has called us to do. There's so much we could talk about in terms of how the gospel and our work intersects. Uh, so with Austin, we're just trying to hit the high points. If you would be interested in thinking about this more, perhaps we'll have a Sunday class coming up on this topic to uh, get more in the details. Uh, there's also a 10 lesson free course from the Gospel Coalition with uh, Tim Keller, Lecrae, Amy Sherman, um, that uh, it looks really interesting. I just, I just got an email about this a couple days ago. Uh, maybe you guys saw this in your inbox if you get the TGC uh, emails. Also a number of good uh, books on uh, the gospel and work, and we will include some pastoral recommendations in the show notes for you. But as a primer, I hope you enjoy and are helped by this conversation with Austin about the gospel and work. Austin Davis, not Anthony Davis. Do you know Anthony Davis, the Los Angeles Lakers center? Austin? I don't know him personally. Ever confused? I have a similar unibrow, mm. but we're not confused. Uh, Austin, what do you do for work? So I'm a customer success manager at a digital marketing agency called Obility. And we use that term, but we mean like account manager would be more familiar. So it's mobility, but without the M. Yeah. We're moving people forward. Okay. And uh, are you successful? We try to be. For your customers. Yeah. So what, the point. so what the heck are you doing? Yeah. So as a company, we mainly do three things for clients. Uh, most of our clients are business to business oriented. Um, and we provide SEO services, search engine optimization. I'm just going to nerd for a second. And that's helping websites perform better in Google. We also do paid search and display. So whenever you Google something and see a paid ad, we may be running that ad. So um, it's so we can blame you for the pop-up and all the advertisements when we're trying to look sometimes, at what we yeah, really want to Sometimes, yeah. That's the at. Google Display Network is after you visit a site and leave and their ads follow you. We do some of that. And then we so do paid social them. media. Okay. Okay. Do you like it? I like my part in it where I'm mainly like building a relationship with a client, helping out my coworkers. I'm not the one running the campaigns. I'm not like that deep into it. So we've gotten off to a little bit of an awkward start because particularly here in the Pacific Northwest, you don't start off a conversation normally by asking someone what they do for work. That's strange. Do they do that in Mississippi where you're from? Oh, yeah. So you say like... Who's your mama and them? What do you do? Who's your mama? And them. That means the whole family. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, you've been on the Disciple Hinson podcast before. We talked about accountability. Yeah. Once before, uh, January 21. Wow. Good memory. So almost a year ago, mm -hmm. and you're back, and this time we're going to talk about work. Work, 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 work. Particularly uh, how to think about work as a Christian. Yeah, and a caveat. We're not holding me up as an example of a perfect worker, maybe not even a great worker. You just happened to ask me to talk about what I do and just Christian in the workplace. So not holding myself up as, as an example, just sharing what I know. Don't try to blame me completely because we were passing notes in the Sunday evening service. Naturally. And uh, I said, what do you want to talk about? And I kind of I kind of think this was partly your idea or, well, you can hold us mutually responsible. That's fair. All right. Um, so do people at your workplace know you're a Christian? Yeah, they seem to. Um, just 
in a call yesterday, somebody that I didn't know knew I was a Christian, identified me as one for me. We were in a, a book club at work and the, we were talking and the person said, I know you're fairly religious and I'm not. And I was thinking, I'm like super religious to you. Um, but Is yeah, it because so. you wear Christian t-shirts every day? No. Um, just in God's providence in my life, when people ask me, why did you move to Portland from Mississippi? I have to talk about Henson. I have to talk about the church residency. Um, it's actually really easy to identify myself as a Christian just because of just that providence in my life or uh, being a seminary student. Um, it just comes up really naturally. In my first interview with this company, uh, I talked about wanting to be a pastor down the road. They asked, like, what are your long term goals? And uh, it was just easy to talk about. I'm a Christian. I want to be in pastoral ministry, but I'm doing marketing right now. And they all just seem to know. Okay, so that's good that people know. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Michael shared in a recent sermon on Esther, he shared that story about being on an airplane and sometimes talking about yeah, uh, kind of was outing, outing yourself as a Christian or particularly talking about ministry can be a conversation killer. Um, how do you find yourself kind of being strategic or planning and praying how to talk about Christ and identifying with Christ in the workplace in such a way that maybe doesn't shut the conversations down? with your uh, colleagues. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what I've been doing recently, at least, uh, I have these meetings with coworkers about our account work and I'm paying attention to what they say when I ask how they're doing, how things are going. And oftentimes they'll pull in something from their life. Uh, one coworker, uh, him and his wife have been going through a really tough season. Uh, they had been through illness and uh, I offered to pray for him. And it turns out he was a Christian too, so he was cool with that. Uh, but just as I was listening to what's going on in their life, uh, I was, I've been taking steps to offer, I'll actually pray for you if you want me to, that would, that's something I find value in. Like I, I explain it different ways, uh, but I've done that a few times and people responded well to that. Um, and then our company is really big on personal development. So I really lean into, I want to be a pastor down the road. So I try to gear my personal development work towards, uh, being a Christian, going into ministry. So my supervisor listened to a sermon I preached last year. They know I'm in classes. Um, and then from that personal development side is how I got my boss to read the Gospel of Mark with me. And uh, and that's still happening. Yeah, we just read Mark 4 yesterday. So how, to, to just give us a little more details on how, because yeah. maybe people listening, they're like, oh man, I love the idea of reading you know the bible with somebody at my work but how do you how do you get there yeah uh this story may be a little bit different but um the president of our agency his name is rye uh he was the first person to interview me and every time i see him in person he's he always brings up that i want to be a pastor but he likes the idea he thinks it's cool uh and one of the last times we saw each other at the end of last year he said let me know if there's anything our company can do to help you prepare for that i think that's such important work so I got to thinking and I emailed him three ideas. Uh, one was to give me a four day work week, which they said, they said no to. <laughs> I could do more classes that way. The other idea was seminary classes. Yeah. The other idea was to read like an apologetics book. And I just explained that as uh, we talked to people that aren't Christians about what it means to be a Christian. This could be a helpful way. I didn't say practice, but I could get more practice that way. And then I said, also, pastors spend a lot of their time reading the Bible with people and talking about it. And he emailed me back and said, I, uh, I'd love to just learn more about Jesus and read the Bible with you. Uh, I've heard about the gospel of Mark. Should we do that one? And I said, yes. So you're very opportunistic, um, by kind of talking about your long-term aspirations Mm -hmm. vocationally. Uh, that's great. Yeah. 
and in our uh the software we use at work other people can see like my personal development plan so i've gotten questions from other people that just saw that okay so more people are finding out now most people who maybe are thinking about their work uh, i mean most people in the church are not engaged in uh yeah. full-time vocational christian ministry and even if they're in uh, a job they're not uh, aspiring to that mm -hmm. the, the lord thankfully not everybody in the church is uh going that direction um so any any just words of wisdom so you're kind of, what i'm trying to say is you're you're different austin i don't know if you knew yeah, that you're yeah. you're unique That's you're a snowflake um and <laughs> what uh what advice would you have to friends or even as you've been in the workplace in the past and maybe weren't identifying so much with your like long-term vocational aspirations but just identifying with christ in general any any just thoughts or you know yeah yeah no uh kelly bartz was on the show recently and she had a lot of great ideas about this mm -hmm. and i'll underline what she said about when people ask how was your weekend be honest and talk about sundays talk about church uh, that's the, honestly the most natural way I found, even with the whole ministry thing, that's still the most natural in everyday conversations. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm really paying attention when I ask people how they're doing and they start to open up about life more um, and offering to pray about things when they struggle because everyone does. Um, so being intentional in those conversations is big. And then I've also tried to go out of my way to be at the extracurriculars at work. So we had a kickball league in the summer. We do happy hours around Portland sometimes. I, I try to inconvenience myself to be around when people are just hanging out since mm -hmm. we're not in an office for remote. Um, so I try to be there and things just tend to happen if you're around and you're talking. Um, or kicking a ball. Or kicking a ball. I ended up not having a gospel conversation, but I did pull my hamstring mm -hmm. and I didn't find a way to talk about suffering as a Christian, but I got to know people better and uh, that that's helped other conversations come from that. I'm sorry about your hammy. Yeah, I, re I recovered. Uh, let's um, transition for the remainder of our time to just talk about what does it mean to be a Christian at work? And yep. we're going to kind of set aside now because we've been talking about it a good bit. I mean, we can always talk about it more, but uh, sharing the gospel at work. Yeah. But so let's start kind of big, broadly. What does faithfulness look like in your job for you? What does faithfulness look like? Yeah, I think faithfulness is the right direction and it's a healthy way to think about how I'm doing at work. Um, so faithfulness for me, my job really orients around organizing everyone else's work. And so if, if I'm slow- So with, controlling you know, other people. Yeah, <laughs> gently controlling them. I do a lot of project management. And okay. so if, if, I'm, if I'm lazy and slow, uh, other people can't get their work done. Our clients don't get what they need. Uh, so for me, uh, in my role, faithfulness means being really efficient with my time, uh, scheduling my day to get my tasks done and then also get the meetings done. Um, so faithfulness means me not waiting to do things, being efficient. And also uh, one of the main things I do is I'm leading Zoom calls all the time with clients. And so I'm trying to uh, make those relationships stronger. So I'm going out of my way to um, make clients like us and treating them like people. Um, so that's the other piece of it is just, I see what I'm doing is loving my neighbor. Like if we do our job well, someone else's company is gonna benefit and individuals are gonna benefit uh, from that. Uh, and then the other half of my job is 
really protecting my coworkers from the client. And uh, if I'm helping manage their day, manage their task, tell the client no at times, I'm really loving my coworker by guarding their time and uh, not setting unrealistic expectations. I had a bad call this week where a client went after a coworker and I had to intervene and stop it. Can you can you uh, flesh that out a little bit? Because you yeah. just uh, kind of gave us a picture where your clients are like really dangerous, nefarious no, people. No, they're not. That's, okay. that's not what... But what, do you, what does it mean for a what client a cheap to shot go to make this interesting? Uh, it was just a situation where uh, something hadn't been done that they wrongly misunderstood that that it should have been, and uh, a person just got argumentative uh, and kind of went past being a good client partner to being more of a a frustrated client in a call. Um, and so they they started to kind of bend the rules on what's like etiquette in a client call. Um, so mm. it, it wasn't that bad. My first job, I got yelled at all the time. It was nothing like Because you worked at that. McDonald's? No, I, I worked for a company that made websites for dealerships. So like the mm. angry used car salesman, I used to do it on the phone all the time. Mm. So it do you wasn't like it when like people that. yell at you? No, I don't like that. Hmm. Um, but no, it was but... a moment where my coworker was kind of under fire, so I stepped in to kind of protect them and get the client off of them. Um, but that's super rare. That was just this week, so it's top of mind. Um, but trying to be there for my coworkers is big and then trying to lighten their load and step in and take tasks off their plate. Um, all that's related to if I'm not doing my job, well, it seems like everybody else around me is going to suffer for it. So I've got to do it well. So do you think Christians should work harder in their work, uh, than like in comparison to their colleagues? I mean, I think we should strive to do excellent work. Um, but there are other people that are going to be better at my job than me. And being a Christian isn't going to really give me a leg up in the workplace necessarily. Uh, but I do like to think that as a Christian, I have deeper resources spiritually and emotionally uh, to react well, to actually uphold the right thing. Um, I had a situation a couple weeks ago where we spent $3,000 we weren't supposed to on a digital campaign that wasn't approved yet. And I really wanted to not tell the client about it. I, I did not want to tell the truth. My uh, coworkers and I were talking about how to respond. And um, there's sometimes just that simple, just being honest. Uh, as a Christian, I feel compelled to do that. Mm. And uh, and my coworker wasn't saying lie to them. You know, mm-hmm. that wasn't mm-hmm. the case. Um, but those are just some practical ways it plays out. Um, so what did you do? We told them about it and they uh, didn't really respond. I was really shocked by that. I was expecting a really angry email or call, mm-hmm. but uh, they just kind of took it in stride. Okay. So I stressed out for a good hour for no reason because they did not uh, overreact. Was your thankfully. client TikTok? No. Mm. No, no. What about, what's what some of the challenges as you strive to be faithful at work? I mean, I think uh, this could be true for a lot of people at Henson. Uh, we're working remotely from home for pretty much for good. My company's been doing that for a long time, pre-pandemic even. Uh, so there isn't like that natural pressure in an office to all be getting your work done at the same time. So there's a lot of pressure on you to have integrity and actually do your job, uh, get your things done. So for me, a daily battle is like fighting off distractions, sticking to a schedule, like keeping my commitments, um, letting my yes be yes to what I've committed to at work. Um, so, I mean, those are those are nice problems to have. I enjoy working from home and being remote, but it does add more pressure to uh, to do what I'm going to say or to, mm-hmm. yeah, to do what I've said I would do and to actually uh, do my job well, even though there's no boss over my shoulder watching me. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to fight off distractions uh, and laziness. And 
some of our weeks are heavier than others. And so it can be easy to uh, take a really long lunch break because I can and then let something slide until the next week. And I shouldn't do that. So um, time management is kind of like the game, the main game at work for me. Uh, you raised something that I think would be maybe helpful just if you have any other thoughts on this. A, a lot of people have gone from working in an office yeah. uh, to working remotely, working from home. Um, any other like conversations you've had with people at Henson or reflections you've had about what does it mean to be faithful when you don't have that maybe kind of natural accountability of being in an office or, um, you know, the, the good fear of man right. of like, people are watching me, so I should not be just playing solitaire at my desk or yeah. whatever your work may be. Yeah. Um, I, I can't recall a specific conversation at Henson like that, uh, but just on that point, um, as we talked about, a lot of people know I'm a Christian at work. And so I'm, I'm aware that uh, for better or worse, the way I act during my job, they're going to associate this is what Christians are like in the workplace. So mm. I recognize that, but uh, I try to use that as the, as a good motivation, a healthy motivation uh, to do my job well for their sake. And uh, that gives me the way to get to know them and have those relationships. But um, I think that for me personally, I've had to just figure out where are my unique challenges to being faithful in remote work? So uh, for better or worse, my attention span lasts for about two hours of like deep work. And I have to just organize my day around. If I have 20 things to get done today, like most days, I need to really make the most of 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. or it's not going to happen because then meetings kick in. I have a 13-month-old at home. Uh, distractions are going to come later. So I think for remote workers at home figuring out when can you do your best work, organize your time around that. And then that way you have flexibility in other parts of your day, the interruptions that are just going to come up. Um, so I've had to figure out what part of my day can I be most productive and, and then getting into having just a good system of keeping track of what I need to do. That's been a really practical thing lately. Um, and I had a coworker jokingly say this, but we also realize in marketing work, we're not saving lives. If something doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. There are some people in their work, they are saving lives, so they can't think this way. But for us, when there's money involved, there's pressure. You can People can get super stressed out in our jobs, but we have to kind of take the pressure down sometimes and remind ourselves uh, it's just marketing. It's just business. And it doesn't mean it's not important or valuable, but uh, we have to like take the volume down sometimes. Uh, and so a coworker said we? That, it's not is that a Christian. like Christians or just you as your, you and your coworkers? I think that's general wisdom. Okay. And Christians can get behind that and demonstrating almost like this, uh, valuing the right thing, setting priorities the right way, responding to stress the right way. Um, and I've shared that with other people at work and it's helped them. So it's almost just like how in my company we thought about it. Um, What's the yeah. task manager that you used? You mentioned. So we do a lot of our project management in a tool called Asana. It's not the best in thing. Asana. It's called Asana. Oh, okay. I said in space, breathe, Austin. Asana. Okay. Um, that's a really popular one. I just thought it might get awkward, like doing yeah. in, a sauna, in a sauna. Yeah. yeah. Some people sweaty. may be doing that from home. That would be mm. that would be interesting. Mm. Uh, so there's that project management tool, and that is where I'm doing a lot of my work. But I'm personally in pretty old school. I keep like a physical to-do list in a legal pad or in my phone. Uh, there are like other apps for your phone that are just for keeping your to-do list. Mm. Um, 
you asked later in the sheet about a book. I've been reading a book called Redeeming Your Time by Jordan Rayner. And his second chapter is all about your task management personal system. And so I changed the way I'm keeping my to-do list in my phone. Um, but if I don't know what all my commitments are, I can't keep them. So it's I've been being especially lately more focused on capturing everything I'm asked to do, all these actions and tracking them. Um, and it's as That's boring helpful. as it sounds, but it's important. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so one one thing that also maybe makes you unique uh, is that we already referred to is that your ambition is to be in a whole nother line of work long term. Lord willing. Lord willing. Um, whereas for a number of people, the reason maybe they work hard or try to be faithful in their work, just in a very common grace sense, is yeah. they want to earn more money. They want to be promoted. They want to be seen as an A-plus worker uh, by their employer and their employees. Um, is it? Do you find it more difficult to be faithful when you're in some ways you, you could take or leave this job. I mean, it's providing for you guys right now, mm -hmm. but it's not like you're hoping to be the CEO or the president or whatever the, they call the the head honchos in your work. Um, so like speak to Sorry that. Breathe in the microphone. You're making yeah. me laugh. Uh, could you say that question shorter? Well, yeah. Like when you're not trying to climb the ladder, is right. it harder to be faithful? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think there's times where even though I don't want to climb the ladder, it's what's right in front of you. So it's very tempting. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, since I'm not intentionally climbing the ladder long term, it's easy to not add that extra pressure on. I have to be trained to be a supervisor, trained to be a manager. Like I'm not taking on those extra things. I'm instead being faithful to the current job I have and taking on the extra things to build relationships. And in the meantime, as I just get better at my job, uh, by God's grace, I have been promoted. I have moved along. So it's helped me kind of narrow my vision to what's right in front of me and not worry as much about that longer term. Um, but for people that are going to be in the workplace long term, those ambitions are good, but uh, not letting those control the way you view your own value, not using that as an excuse to squash other people. Um, there's more challenges, but there's there's definitely an obvious uh, calling for us to still love our neighbor, no matter what workplace we're going to be in long term and keeping that perspective in mind. Um, I haven't felt like a lack of motivation for not wanting to climb that ladder. Um, because if, if I'm not doing my job well now, I don't have any of the opportunities I have for the gospel in the workplace. So uh, just on a practical level for the sake of relationships, the motivation is to be great at my job. So I have that time. Um, so it's a different motivation, but uh, I think everyone shares that one too. Sure. Well, another thing that I think a lot of people would resonate with is what if, how do you, how should we think about our work and our calling as a Christian when um, we find our work boring or we don't, well, as we're you not, can hear, I probably struggle with that. My job doesn't sound that interesting. I'm sure we're, we're, we're not enjoying our work or this is not the job we want to be in, but this is the job we're in. What is, what does faithfulness look like? What are some lessons you've learned or things that you've thought of from a biblical point of view in that regard? Do I need to make that question no, shorter too? No, that's okay. good. <laughs> that felt like you were saying something in that. Uh, no, that makes sense. Um, I think in my first job, which is my worst job I've had, uh, I leaned often on humans were created in God's image to work and tend a garden, and that's before the fall. Work is not 
a curse. It's not part of the fall of the world. Work has been tainted. There's thorns. It's futile. But work in and of itself is not my enemy. Um, so I've had to tell myself that often in every job I've had. The work itself is a good thing. It's part of how we're designed. And it's a part of how we're called to worship is in how we hmm. are working. Um, and so especially in those dull data entry tasks I used to have to do after those bad calls, I had to remind myself uh, the answer is not, you know, run away and don't work anymore like that. That would be unfaithful and that would be uh, I wouldn't be living up to the way I'm designed to live. Hmm. So seeing your work in that light from creation is helpful. And then also, especially with the I'm stuck in a boring or dead end job, I want out. Um, I've had to lean to God's providence a lot. Uh, I've I've had three jobs in four years um, and I have felt angst in each of them, even even this good one. Um, and there's just times where I have to trust God has providentially ordered my life. And if I'm still at this job right now, that is where he wants me. And even if there's reasons and good wisdom in pursuing another job while I have my job, uh, it's still meant that in the moment he's given me that current job. Um, so his providence has provided that layer of meaning to a boring or frustrating or even a dead end job. Uh, for whatever reason, that's why it has you where you are right now and taking comfort in. Surely your father knows what's good for you. Surely he'll provide a new job if you do need one. Um, but in the meantime, being faithful to what he's given is certainly for our good. And uh, that that providential piece is also for me as wanting to be in ministry in the future or a new career in the future. Uh, that's given me a lot of patience in the meantime. Um, and it's it's a battle still, but his providence has been a really sweet doctrine in thinking about work. And that's appropriate thinking about, we've been thinking about provid God's providence yeah. in the book of Esther in the current sermon series. She had the right job at the right time. That's right. Um, now, how would you balance that with being ambitious and uh, taking initiative and not just being passive? Because sometimes I think uh, we as Christians can maybe use God's providence as a crutch to not do yeah. something. And maybe maybe if you're really dissatisfied in your job, that's one of the ways the Lord is telling you to go get a different job. Yeah. I mean, there were times where I threw up my hands and sat there and said, this is all frustrating and meaningless. I'm not doing it today. Uh, I've, I've had those. And then you got moments. fired? No, okay. um, no, I was still sure. on the other days good enough at my job to not get fired. Um, and the other motivations were present. Um, but yeah, there's, that doesn't mean that you can take your hand off the wheel and be honestly sinful in your reaction to your work because, uh, you have been given that job by the Lord and he's called you to it as a means of worshiping him. So even if it's frustrating, uh, that's why he has you there. Um, but if it's clear for different reasons. I need to pursue a new job for these other reasons. Uh, I'm not going to go pursue a job sinfully by not trusting God and by throwing away the current one. Um, that doesn't mean there's situations where you can't leave a job uh, and be unemployed and seeking for a job. That happens too. Um, but the motivations can't be, I'm running from what God's put in front of me, or I just simply want this thing to be easier. Um, the motivations behind it's big. But uh, my mom always used to say, God guides moving ships. And hmm. if you're not moving, he's not guiding. And so there's the element of uh, he's certainly sovereign and providential, but we make real choices and we need wisdom from uh, believers around us, pastors, elders like you, uh, and just doing the best we can with, with that information. You know, um, I wouldn't want to look back on the, the way I was looking for a job in 2020 and 
and see a lot of sin in that and a lot of regret in that. Um, that was a really stressful season for me personally, but I look back and I learned a lot more about God's care for me than I would have otherwise without that struggle and looking for a job. I think uh, I appreciated how you raised uh, it connects to something we thought about on this podcast uh, a couple weeks ago with Vani of talking to an elder, um, but talking to uh, wise Christian friends and potentially yeah. an elder as you're thinking, maybe if you're experiencing kind of a, a dead end job or you're feeling a lot of uh, discontent in a job, um, getting some feedback on what it might look like to yeah. pursue another opportunity to be looking for other work and uh, trusting the the wisdom of brothers and sisters yeah. in your church. Um, Could I, a good, good example. I'm I always encouraged. A, I had a brainwave there. Yeah. Um, especially to maybe young adults and hints and don't listen to this thing. Mm. Um, but to high school, Wait, college age, young adults. I thought I all the word. young adults got together for like parties and listened to this. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Well, here's my word to them if they are listening. Um, I'm picturing like an, a Christmas story, like Ralphie and uh, what's the uh, his brother's name, like sitting in front of that like old school radio, listening to that uh, radio program. That's a great word picture, Dan. <laughs> Maybe it's like that. Uh, well, I'll I'll get to the story then. Um, <laughs> it can be easy to think uh, I need to go find my passion job, my job that gives me meaning, my job that. I need to find the perfect job to fit me or I cannot be happy or satisfied or content in life. And if my current job is frustrating, it's a problem. So I need to go find the passion project job. I read a great other book by Jordan Rainer called Master of One. And most people that love the work they do, they love it because they became excellent and they mastered that skill. They didn't just wake up one day and decide they loved being a plumber necessarily or they loved uh, their financial work. They just became highly skilled at their job and they fell in love with it. And so, especially for somebody on the front end of their career in the workplace, uh, the answer isn't to become an influencer on YouTube or on TikTok. The answer is to get really good at your job and the better you are, the more you'll enjoy it. And so don't don't throw it all away uh, for something you think is gonna fix you and it can't. Um, so there's some wisdom in being told, go find something you're good at and uh, put your passion there. But there, but it gets really wrong when you're thinking, uh, my job needs to fix me. I need to find the passion job that makes me happy. That's the wrong way to think about it. Um, so pursuing mastery and excellence is what's going to lead you there. Um, so that was given to me earlier on, and that helped me a lot, not um, lose the forest for the trees in my frustrating jobs I've had before. And this is pretty general, but kind of sums up a little bit of what you're saying, I think, is that your job is not a means to the end of your yeah. finding your identity or right. your happiness, your personal fulfillment. So often that's how we live life is we're, we're looking for that happiness in a, yeah. in a job and a spouse and a family and a set of relationships. But your job is a means to the end of glorifying God right. and uh, and being faithful and content and, and bringing him praise by doing what God has, has called you to do. And uh, lest I incur the wrath of Ron, Ron Mars, I wouldn't understand our jobs to be callings in the same way that we're called as, you know, out of darkness into the light, called as children of God. Um, but a, I, I think a more accurate word would probably be like a stewardship. Yeah, stewardship is good. And I think that... Uh, we were talking about the Garden of Eden earlier. Uh, yeah. We shouldn't be surprised when work feels futile and meaningless. There's thorns and thistles. Like that's a part of the fall. Like as Christians, we understand uh, what sin has done to the world. So 
we shouldn't be surprised when work is hard or when our jobs are frustrating. Uh, we should honestly expect it and be thankful when it's not, but not be completely thrown over whenever it is frustrating. Um, Any scriptures that inform how you think about your work, things that uh, from God's word that have encouraged you or that you find yourself meditating on as you think about your work as a Christian? Yeah, uh, at least recently, uh, I don't think Paul sat down to write about work and then wrote Romans 12, but uh, these verses were impactful lately for for my life. Romans 12, one through two, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. Um, So as I was thinking about those verses lately, uh, presenting your body as a living sacrifice, uh, that's got to include everything I do, including my work. Like that is caught up in this imagery is that even my work is a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him is true worship. And when you think about it, we spend so much of our time doing our jobs 40 plus hours a week um, doing this work. So how are we not seeking to worship during the significant part of our week? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the key in this verse is not being conformed to the age that would say, go find your identity in your job or go find the passion job, but renew your mind and be transformed in the renewal of your mind, trusting God's good, pleasing and perfect will. Um, So even though this isn't directly about work, these ideas certainly impact the way we think about our jobs Uh, and his good providence. He's given us work to do. And uh, it would be a, sh- I would be so disappointed to think that I only got to spend the weekends worshiping. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's only Sunday where I worship. Uh, worship is what we're made to do. And it would be awful if for so much of the week we're not allowed or we can't. Uh, and that doesn't mean we need to write, you know, John 3.16 on the bottom of the products we make or we need to sneak in Bible verses in our emails. I don't mean any of that. Um, but just our attitude, the way we approach our job is still a means of this living sacrifice uh, uh, and a, an expression of faith in him. Um, so it's a lot of just your attitude uh, and the way you're looking at it in that verse. But that's been impacting me the last two weeks, especially. That's really helpful. Uh, another scripture that I think goes along with that um that kind of argument that you're, you're making from Romans 12 is the end of Colossians 3. Uh, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that mm-hmm. you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever wrong he has done, and there is no favoritism. So just meditating on those verses in light of the work that the Lord has for each of us, whether it be as a stay-at-home mom, whether it has, it's uh, as someone who's retired from maybe a kind of uh, a paycheck type work or going into uh, kind of an employment, but the, the work the Lord has given us each uh, a stewardship of work to do in whatever season of life. Maybe your work is a work as a student, you're a high school student or um, pursuing a degree in something as you are doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, any final words of wisdom for us? I mean, this is a really big topic. Um, I yeah. think we'll be providing some some resources in the show notes of uh, other places to look. You recommended some books that we can put yeah. in the show notes. Um, but anything anything else you want to say on this on this huge topic in the Christian yeah. life? Uh, you're, the verses in Colossians you mentioned get the idea, and then 
uh, in First Corinthians ten thirty one, whatever you do for His glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking back to whenever Jeff Chang was leaving Henson. Actually, one of the last nights he was here, he was like being interviewed in front of the congregation, and he was given like a final word, and he just said, "There's nothing better than serving Christ. There's mm-hmm. nothing better." Mm-hmm. And he did not mean as a pastor. He mm-hmm. didn't mean mm-hmm. that. He meant in just as a believer, whatever God has given us to do, there's nothing better than serving him and whatever you do. And so I walked away from that super encouraged to think about, I'm sorry, I said encouraged, I mumbled. I walked away from that really encouraged that I get to do the best thing already. I already get to serve Christ Amen. in my job, in marketing. I already get to serve him as a parent, as a student. And uh, God hasn't withheld a good gift from me. And he mm. uh, allows all of us to serve him in whatever role he's given and uh, Jeff encouraged us well just to to be content in that and also really joyful. And I think that's a distinguishing mark of a Christian in the workplace is we're the people of the resurrection who have joy unending, and we should demonstrate that. And uh, yeah, as I think about work, when I wake up in the morning, I have to remind myself, I get to serve Christ and what I'm doing today. And that makes it important. Praise God. Well, thank you, Austin, uh, for having this conversation. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Why'd you look at me like that when you you said it? Because I was looking for the wah-wah button. Um, But yeah, brother, this is really helpful. Hope to have you back on the Disciple Henson podcast in the future. Thanks again. Thank you.